0: Hello and welcome to Liberty Now On Air, the show for discerning minds and common sense. We seek the truth and can think for ourselves. I'm your host, John Verd. Thank you so much for stopping by. I'll be here looking at the headlines, asking questions, and talking to people who are taking action every Saturday at 10 p.m. Today, we're going to have a discussion about immune health, Goodness knows that we could use some information about that in light of the coronavirus pandemic and other things going on in the world. And so we're going to talk about ways you can naturally boost your immune system through nutrition with a local nutritionist that I know through the fitness industry right here in New Zealand. Her name is L. Johnson Chandler, and I'd like to welcome her to the show. Ellie, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, hey John. Good to
0: see you again. You as well. It's been hours.
1: I know. <laughs> you must so, do this more often. <laughs>
0: um, I really wanted to have a chat with you. Um, I, I want to warn people about you know things I see that are of concern geopolitically, but I also want to talk about solutions and positive things. And um, you know, being in the health and fitness industry, I've always been concerned about um, you know health and nutrition. And you, being a nutritionist, would be a, a really good one to talk to about that. Wherever you stand on, you know, what COVID is or how severe it is, we can all benefit from improved immune systems, right?
1: Oh, heck yes. That's my yeah. my go-to. It's just eating well. Like, it's that old adage, you are what you eat. Yeah, so absolutely, you eat good
0: Right? I mean, we are nothing more than than what we consume and put into our bodies. I mean... that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's got to be, apart from exercise, the number one factor in determining your um, immunological response to Mm -hmm. things in the environment, right? Ellie, tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get involved in nutrition in the first place?
1: Well, funnily enough, I started out as a chef. I I just spent a good part of 20 years wandering around the world being a little gypsy chef and working in many different countries and yeah, cooking my way around. And then when I got to my early thirties, I think I was just 30. And I realized I didn't have the stamina to keep up with a fast paced kitchen anymore, but I didn't want to lose all the knowledge that I'd gained working with food because I love food. Food, Food's an obsession. I I wholeheartedly believe that. And um, so I looked into it and I realized that if I went and studied nutrition, I had a lot of the information with me already just from being around food for so many years you kind of get an innate knowledge right and this was a way that i could use it in a more scholarly manner you could say and um right. yeah without having to completely ditch my passion of eating delicious things
0: <laughs> that is awesome what does nutrition mean to you
1: nutrition means understanding the relationship between what we put into our bodies and what we can expect out of it in return so Mm. i mean technically you can get nutrition from any food source whether it's going to be good nutrition or not is a whole different kettle of fish because like literally you can survive on um mcdonald's or you know junk food you're just not going to have a good time doing it right so that kind of stuff in then you're going to expect those results did, However,
0: you see, did you see the movie uh, Super Size Me?
1: Yes, that guy's amazing. Like it, was, yeah. it's, it perfectly illustrates what I'm talking about. I mean, you can yeah. live 40 or 50 years on terrible food, but it's going to be a terrible time.
0: Right. Well, the body is an amazing, resilient thing, isn't it? I mean, it, uh, it can put up with all kinds of insults that we do, you know, physically exactly. and nutritionally. Um, but yeah, it doesn't I mean, necessarily that's... mean it's healthy.
1: Yeah. it's one of the big things about humankind is our ability to adapt and to survive. And, you know, wherever you put us, we make it work. Right. What do you do to us? We make it work. But, you know, right. if you're going to do something, you may as well do the best thing in my humble opinion.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's better to thrive than just survive.
1: Bingo. Bingo.
0: Yeah. So uh, beyond just, you know, eating for, you know, just, pleasure for the enjoyment of food and also for the fact that it, you know, fuels our day. Um, Some foods better than others. What does it mean for our immune system?
1: Oh, it's everything in my, in my opinion, food is obviously the basis of everything, but when it comes to things like uh, immune system, um, mental health, all these things, it comes back down to your gut. And if you have a really healthy microbiome, which is all the different uh, bacteria that lives in your gut and also all throughout your digestive system that will provide for a really, really good basis for a strong immune system. It will provide for a really good, strong um, insulin response. So you're not going to get, be so susceptible to like diabetes, those kind of things. Right. Um, Mineral metabolism. So your your DECA, your DCA, K a, what, you what, can't, do you,
0: what is that? DKA? What is that?
1: Deka. It's um your vitamins D, E, K, and A.
0: Oh, yes, of course. It's been yeah, a while since I've been in school. I, yes. Yeah. Now I remember.
1: <laughs> so those ones, they rely on a really good uh, digestive system to be able to absorb properly right? because they are water-soluble. A lot of the other ones, you can kind of, uh, uh, to be fair, all minerals and vitamins, you need to have a good digestive system to be able to get the most out of. Like an right. unhealthy gut will not absorb the best from your food. So that so that, yeah, that helps, when it comes... the,
0: that, that helps mm. the biome, the the healthy, the good bacteria in exactly. your gut. And then that in turn helps it do what for the immune system?
1: Well, um, for example, K was the one I'm specifically thinking of. Vitamin K is actually produced by bacteria in your lower intestine. Ah. And so... If you don't have a really healthy, like a, a healthy microbiome, a healthy, healthy bacterial system in your gut contains anywhere from, uh, I think it was 50 billion to 3 trillion different types of bacteria. In and fact,
0: like, you, you just reminded me, I was, I'm was i reading a, 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 a fascinating book right now. I've just only started it called Virus Mania. We'll talk about that another time, but um, they were talking about all the variety of uh, microbiota in the gut and the, the not just the variety but the quantity apparently throughout the whole body there's up to a kilogram of microorganisms Fun, in every is yeah, that right
1: funnily enough on a cellular count there is more bacteria cells in you than there are human cells you're more <laughs> bacteria than you are human <laughs>
0: That is, amazing. and so when you
1: see things like um, a dental packet that say, says kills ninety nine point nine percent of bacteria, if that was true, we'd be in a lot of trouble. Right. We are obligators to coexist with bacteria,
0: and so right. obviously
1: there are some pathogenic bacteria that not so great. You want to try and avoid those guys, right. but the majority of bacteria is really really beneficial to well, everything about us man there's so many different types and yeah so i get really excited about bacteria and that comes back to eating a wide range of foods that can feed all these different bacteria because like the best way i've had it described to me is think about um, the amazon rainforest yeah. compared to a well manicured lawn <laughs> right i'm meant to be the amazon rainforest right where there's many different types of uh, um animals and plants and bacteria is going on right rather than just a monoculture because um, there's a really good study actually if you're really interested in this i would recommend reading the puerto rico study and it's all about the correlation between the microbiota in the human body uh-huh. and our response to well our obesity and health-related diseases. Ah. So what they did was they followed a bunch of babies from birth till 20 years. And I'm talking about thousands and thousands of participants. Yep. And they compared things like um, a natural birth to a C-section. They uh-huh. compared fed to bottle fed. And most importantly, they compared antibiotic use in children. Now uh-huh. they discovered a linear correlation between the use of antibiotics in children and obesity so the more antibiotics wow. you have the more likely you are to have obesity which in turn leads to heart disease and diabetes and all the other awful things that turn up with it so the reasons behind this is because as i said it's the difference between the amazon rainforest and a well-manicured lawn when you take an antibiotic you don't just kill the bacteria you're trying to kill you tend to kill everything
0: right right
1: <laughs> That's- You get a dodgy stomach after an antibiotic because it wipes out your microbiome. So when you clear out the microbiome in your stomach, the ones that come back fastest and strongest tend to be the ones that want sugars and fats. Hence that'll make you want sugars and fats. So the more antibiotic, this is why, antibiotics are such a they're a golden sword like we were gifted this amazing amazing tool and we've just abused it and given it to farm animals <laughs> but right it, it, it breaks my heart because yeah now we're lo- we're going to lose the ability to use this golden tool because we've abused it so much
0: right we're and running out fun. of of uh different varieties right because um
1: oh so rapidly of- far more rapidly than people realize and right. it's because of things like, like obviously it's not good to have nine nine out of your ten days of antibiotics, and then leave the tenth day, because right. what you're doing is
0: your um, bacteria. It's it's like um, sort of selective breeding, right? You're allowing the hardiest exactly. ones that weren't quite dead yet, and now they're going to run rampant.
1: Yeah, um, and they've got it in their blueprint how to survive. Now, right. if you take that and extrapolate it to a enormous like scale of global farming, the way we industrialized farming and we to, we pack all these animals in together really, really close. Right. And of course, if you have a thousand chickens living right next to each other, they're gonna get sick. If one right. gets a bacteria, it's gonna spread, spread like wildfire. So to prevent this, they mix antibiotics, low level antibiotics throughout the food. Like 70% of antibiotics is given to farm animals.
0: If you're just tuning in, this is John Verde on Liberty Now On Air on 96.9 Plains FM in Christchurch. Please be sure to subscribe on iTunes at Liberty Now On Air. You can also get the links, files, and show notes for this episode at libertynow.com.
1: 70% of antibiotics 70%. produced in the world is given to farm animals
0: which we consume,
1: which we then consume, meaning we're (laughs) continuously getting low levels of antibiotics. Wow. Which teaches our bacteria how to survive those types of um, bacteria of of illness. So what I'm
0: extrapolating or from what you're saying here is um, one, that's um, an even stronger reason. For eating organic healthy and trying to avoid antibiotic fe- fed oh, meats yes. i suppose and um and also avoiding gmo um mm. crops foods plants that um could have although they you may not get sick eating them, um it's conceivable they're teaching they're
1: teaching your cells certain things have, that are right. not the best to know so right. like one of the best things one of my tutors ever told me it's one of my favorites it's um Basic nutrition, eat more plants, more often, don't eat processed food.
0: That's it. Yeah. I mean, you know, how, how often have we heard this in different ways and you know, how often do people really follow it? But I think maybe it's a question of motivation when people start to hear these facts and information, it brings it, uh, gives it some more immediacy, right? The fact that we're running out of antibiotics that are useful for us. And I guess that makes it all the more important to eat healthy and and um, provide a, st- a steady, healthy, exactly. stable uh, right. gut biome. So the to reduce way, the need for antibiotics in the first place, right? Because we exactly. the may not be an option to, for much longer.
1: Best way to be healthy is to feed yourself good food, like comes back to you are what you eat if you're going to eat organic or at least fresh locally sourced in my opinion the best food is the food you grow yourself right because right. you know exactly what it is you don't have to pay for it you get the joy of growing things which I love <laughs> yes but yeah like I think it's it's and it also produces self-sufficiency if you know that you can secure your own food supply yes. that's huge like both my parents were massive gardeners growing up And they both have, um, both them and my step parents, they have their own little organic farms. So one's up in Nelson and one's over here in Teddington. But yeah, I've always been really lucky. I was raised understanding how to grow food, why it's important, where food comes from. Like I eat meat, but I try and keep it down to maybe two to three servings of red meat a week. Like. And like, I'd love to eat more fish, but as we know, the oceans are in a terrible state as well, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, it's all about understanding where your food is coming from. Like In New Zealand, we're pretty lucky because we do, even from the supermarkets, you're not, the sand is not terrible. I hate to bring America into it, but.
0: No, I absolutely agree with you. In fact, um, one of the things I noticed is, you know, I've always eaten pretty healthy um, and, you know, I've never made a a habit of eating lots of junk food. I'm trying to get some exercise in there, drinking lots of water, but I still, despite that, you know, I had some aches and pains, you know, things that are feeling like early onset arthritis and uh, maybe some carpal tunnel. And part of this is, you know, my own fault from picking up dumbbells all day long, handing them Mm -hmm. to clients for them, you know, and um, it takes a toll on the body. And um, some of those pains in the joints, I just couldn't shake. And it was just always kind of a low level pain. And it's amazing what you can learn to live with, you know, you just sort of get used to it, but I noticed
1: it's what we're good at.
0: Yeah. yeah. But after moving to New Zealand within a few months, uh, especially the the pains and aches in my elbows and forearms just kind of went away. And I I think you know what I find really food funny? is cleaner here.
1: You know how people always go, Oh, I'm going to go gluten-free. Cause you know, I feel a bit of funniness around gluten. And as soon as they do, they say, oh, I feel amazing. It's changed my life. It's wonderful. Everyone should do it. I obviously there are people that definitely need, need to cut out gluten from their diet. Yep. Obviously, they, they exist. Celia, celiac disease is very, very real.
0: Yep.
1: But I personally believe a lot of people that have gluten sensitivities are actually more sensitive to the preservatives and to the Additions that you get in highly processed food that contains gluten. Right. So that when they cut out all the gluten, they're actually cutting out all the processed food and then they're going to feel great. Right. So really (laughs) it's not gluten specifically. That's the problem. It's the additives that you get, the preservatives and sulfides and all the other rubbish that goes into processed food.
0: Well, I have, I've also been hearing that, um, gluten, you know, in, in normal quantities is, is not so bad, but it's the excessive consumption of it. And here I was listening to a Ted talk and this uh, I'll have to look up the the name. I think he was a a nutritionist or a doctor. And he was talking about how gluten um, as a substance tends to uh, shut off the satiety mechanism in the gut. Mm. So when you, it's, it's how you can, eat tons and tons of pasta or potatoes and not necessarily feel very full. You know, you can eat beyond what your body really should be. Yeah. And knowing this food scientists have begun adding gluten to foods that didn't always contain uh, gluten. Yeah. And, um, and when I said potatoes, I don't think potatoes are naturally, naturally <laughs> no, contained. No, However,
1: I, I know where you're going. Start yeah. Your but they've, okay.
0: they've started adding gluten to potato chips that never, had it before yeah. so that you is eat more
1: you, yeah, yeah unbelievable potatoes are a good example like a lot of flavorings contain gluten now for that reason you're correct of that that it, it is does it affects the um now there's leptin and ghrelin one is tells you you're hungry the other one tells you you're full right I should have probably researched because remember which one's which. <laughs> but leptin and ghrelin are the two hormones, and gluten directly affects it. So the yeah. one that tells you you're full gets muted. Right. And it rocks up the other one. But yeah. yeah. Um, at the end of the day, you're eating your own food and you know where it comes from. And you, it, if it doesn't have an advert, generally going to be better
0: for you right, <laughs> <laughs> right. well you know and and I've, I've been thinking about this too like um i've talked previously about aquaponics and you know gardening uh, locally sourced food and um, absolutely i i fully encourage that and lots of people can even with just a little bit of a plot of yeah
1: you don't need much
0: outside space, space. there's a, a family in california that had a very small backyard and they dug up all the concrete they converted it into garden and they started doing vertical grow and they started producing and and it was just a small average size backyard they grew enough food to not only be able to supply themselves year-round but sell it to market and support themselves financially
1: nice it was awesome yeah it's funny my funny you should mention vertical grow my my partner's just playing around with a little hobby at the home He's set up out the back, like we, he works in hospitality as well. So we get those big four litre margarine containers and sour cream containers. And what he's done is attached them to a whole bunch of springy hooks and hung them from the fence. So we've got like these four litre. So we're going to set up like a little, because you can grow beans, anything that climbs against the fence. But And then of course you've got all your herbs, all that kind of stuff. It's Yeah. And that's literally no ground space at all that's all up against the fence.
0: Yeah. In fact, I'd like to do another uh, podcast to describe and talk about that alone, Um, especially for people living in the city that don't have, maybe they don't even have a yard. Um, Mm. There's probably at least some produce they could grow inside even a small apartment. Oh,
1: definitely. You're
0: clever. Definitely.
1: It's actually, it's, it's something I'm really passionate about because I was raised with, always having a house garden like always everywhere we lived we had a garden yeah it's just what we did and um at the moment i'm working with um odyssey house and we're putting together a garden to plate kind of cookbook so
0: oh yes i don't know yeah. if you see
1: yeah like the little the tiny gardens that you get from new world so you go shopping there and you get a little miniature seedling or like a tiny little pot with a seed in it and take it home and it's meant to be for kids but a plant to plant.
0: Absolutely. So, <laughs> it's, it's still food.
1: Exactly. And so yeah. what they did, it was really, it was wonderful to see what they did was they got all of the, um, the seeds and plants that they could from New World, took them back for the residents to give them an opportunity to learn how to garden. And then that's where I come in and teach them what to do with this project because they grew amazingly beautiful gardens. I'll have to show you the photos one day.
0: If you're just tuning in, this is John Verd on Liberty Now On Air, a weekly broadcast slash podcast on 96.9 Plains FM. You can also subscribe to the podcast in iTunes at Liberty Now On Air. And to get the links, files, and show notes for this episode, head over to LibertyNow.com. And that was all the time we had with Ellie for today but I would like to finish off with some uh, foods that can help boost the immune system. I did a little bit of research online for you and uh, I'd like to list off 15 foods that can boost the immune system Uh, starting with citrus fruits because obviously they contain vitamin C. Uh, Popular citrus fruits include grapefruits, oranges, clementines, tangerines, lemons and limes. Recommended dosage Uh, per day would be 75 milligrams for women or 90 milligrams for men would be the optimum. Another superfood would be red bell peppers uh, which also are high in beta-carotene which your body converts into vitamin A. Also helps to keep the eyes and skin healthy. Broccoli, some of us like it, some of us don't. It took me probably about a long time. It wasn't until my 20s before I could actually eat broccoli but it is a superfood, and I really like it now. And uh, the key to keeping the power of broccoli intact is to cook it as little as possible. Um, some say not at all, but uh, steaming can be a good way. Just don't overcook it, so you don't lose all those great nutrients in there. Another good one uh, is garlic, found in all kinds of food all over the world, and. Um, seems to uh, have a heavy concentration of sulfur-containing compounds such as allicin. Uh, Number five would be ginger. It's a great ingredient to cook with and it can also decrease chronic pain. might even possess some cholesterol-lowering properties. Uh, Spinach is not just good because of the vitamin C, also packed with numerous antioxidants and can increase infection fighting ability in your immune system. Number seven is yogurt. Everybody, I think, knows that it has lots of probiotics, especially uh, yogurts that contain acidophilus. It can also be a great source of vitamin D if you can uh, select brands that are fortified with uh, the vitamin D. Uh, almonds, number eight. Almonds are really good, contain vitamin E. Adults only need about 15 milligrams of vitamin E each day, and a half cup serving of almonds, which is about 46 whole shelled almonds, provides about 100% of the daily recommended dosage or amount. Number 9. Sunflower seeds also contain phosphorus and magnesium, and vitamins B6 and E. Um, Sunflower seeds are also very high in selenium. Just one ounce contains nearly half the selenium that the average adult needs daily. So try to uh, include some of that. Another one that I've been taking a lot of lately or adding into my diet uh, is turmeric. It has many anti-inflammatory properties. It's an ingredient in many curries also delicious, but it can also help to treat uh, osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis. And uh, research has shown that high concentrations of curcumin, which gives turmeric its distinctive color, can also decrease um, exercised induced muscle damage. Also has uh, promise as an immune booster based on some findings from um, animal studies. Number 11, green tea, high in antioxidants. Uh, Green and black teas are packed with flavonoids, which are a type of antioxidant, and green tea is especially good in that. Um, And it contains uh, EGCG, which is another powerful antioxidant. Uh, Number 12, papaya, also delicious, loaded with vitamin C and you can find double the daily recommended amount of vitamin C in a single medium-sized fruit. Uh, Papayas also have decent amounts of potassium, magnesium, and folate, which are beneficial to your overall health. Kiwis, which we all love and find plentiful here in New Zealand as well. Um, Like papayas, they're full of essential nutrients, including folate, potassium, vitamin K, and vitamin C. Also helps to um, helps the white blood cells to fight infection, and um, also keeps the rest of the body functioning properly. Uh, number fourteen, poultry, chicken, of course, has vitamin B6. And about three ounces of light turkey or chicken contains nearly one third of your daily recommended amount of B6. And number fifteen, shellfish. It's not something that necessarily jumps immediately to mind, but um, they can, t- can contain zinc. Um, other varieties of shellfish that, besides oysters, I think most of us know, other uh, varieties might include uh, crab, lobster, and mussels. So I hope these will give you some good ideas on ways to boost your immune system naturally. And by the way, if you have any questions for me or if you'd like to get any questions to Ellie of specific nutrition questions, I would be more than happy to post those in a future episode. You can email me at john at libertynow.com and you can also reach me and get more information at libertynow.com. Until next time, be good and keep asking questions.